Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, Happy New Year. Come on, let's give all those people who are listening online today, let's give them a great Happy New Year. Would you, Passion Life Church? And let's thank them for listening. Come on. Happy New Year to everybody and the sound of our voice. If you're listening online, welcome to 2017. We're here at Passion Life Church. And if you are in the area, come on by. You'll meet some great, great people. And I think you might even like the pastor. He's a pretty cool guy. Today we start a brand new series that's going to carry us into January and the end of January. And then in February we start a relationship series where we're going to talk about love and marriage, love and marriage. All right, you didn't see that show, apparently. You all are way more spiritual than I am. But this series is going to take us into the end of January before we start our February series. And what I wanted to do today is lay a foundation for us with two things. Number one, I want to talk a little bit before we just dive into having a life you love. I want to talk about what I believe God is going to do in us and through us in the year 2017 and give you a little bit of vision for that. And then we'll jump right into the foundation of having a life you love. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. This is the scripture that's been on my heart since last year. And the way that this came about was just preaching. And as we went into last year, this theme just kept coming up. And I felt like God wants us to go higher in 2017. And look what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. It's God speaking. You know, in the Hebrew, the word thoughts means plans, purposes, intentions. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and so we can look up these words. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, or neither are your ways my ways. That word ways in the Hebrew means path, direction, road. So God is saying, listen, my plans, my purposes, and my intentions aren't yours. Neither is my path or the direction I have, it's not yours. But listen what he says. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher, higher than your thoughts. I looked up this word higher because it's just been on my heart. And what does it mean in the Hebrew? Listen to this. The word higher means to soar, elevated to a greater degree of honor and dignity. How many of you know only God can do that in your life? Only God can do that in your life. But there wasn't really a word for soar in the Hebrew. So I said, okay, I'm just going to open up Mr. Webster's dictionary. How many of you know he wrote, I want to write a book one day, but I would never want to write a dictionary. But he wrote, and I looked up soar. Listen to these words. Soar means in, De- in Webster's dictionary, to rise higher, listen to this, to increase rapidly, to increase rapidly above usual. How many of you know that as we come to the end of 2017, God could actually cause your life to go higher, to soar and increase above usual? 
It could be something unusual that God could do in your life. That's what I'm believing for. And you know what? This so inspires me because this means, as God's talking through Isaiah, that I can go higher. You can go higher. But here's the key. His thoughts are higher. So that means I have to renew my mind to what he thinks. I have to renew my mind to his mindset. And if I can renew my mind to his mindset, my life will go higher. I will be elevated. Listen, God says, look, your ways aren't my ways. But here's, listen, guys, I'm not the smartest crayon in the box. I'm not the sharpest. See, I didn't even say that right. I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box, but I will tell you something. I'm in the box. And if God told me that his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher, that all I have to do is think like he wants me to think, then I'll go the way he wants me to go. But notice what he says. He starts with thoughts. See, you won't change anything until you change your thinking. Our thinking has to change first. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I've got to think, and this is a little tough because I have all these experiences growing up. I have things that have happened, but yet my goal is to think like he thinks. And I believe my church family, God wants to take us higher this year. So listen, if I want to go higher, I just got to think the thoughts of God, the thought that he thinks. I've got to change my mindset first. And so listen to this. When my thoughts become like his thoughts, my ways become like his ways. And you know what? My life gets elevated. My life gets elevated. You know, I thought this was interesting. Do you remember when God freed his children from Egypt? He freed them from Egypt. And the Bible says that God didn't, listen to this, God didn't take them the way of the Philistines. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Listen to these words. Though it was shorter I'm always looking for a shorter route. I want my GPS to give me a shorter route. But you know what? When it comes to God's thoughts, shorter isn't always better. But see, my thinking is shorter is better. But the Bible says that God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. For God said, if they face war, talking about his children, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So it seemed to the children of Israel that God wasn't working for them. But in actuality, he was by taking them, listen, a different way. And so his ways are not like my ways. So God didn't want his children to face the Philistines because they weren't ready to fight because they may have been defeated. He thinks God is thinking, if I take them that way, they're going to be defeated and then they're going to have a defeated mindset and they want to go back to Israel, uh, back to Egypt. So I have a different way. And you know what's interesting is that he takes them to the Red Sea. And so here are the children of Israel. They feel stuck. They're looking at the sea and they're like, okay, God led us here. You may feel stuck today because you look and you don't see a way. 
And you know what Moses does? Moses cries out to God. I just love this. Moses cries out to God and God says, Mo, listen, Mo. Hey, Mo, why, the Bible actually, why are you crying out to me? Stretch out your hand and part the sea. See, sometimes we're praying to God to do something that we can already do. And God said, look, you have a rod, use it straight. And you know, the Bible says that the, the, the sea did not part until Moses stretched out his hand. And it's not, see, here's the reality. We think we're waiting on God, but yet God is waiting on you. In 2017, God is already there and he's waiting for you to catch up. He's waiting you to make a stretch so the seas can part. And I have good news. God had a way for his children all along. Moses didn't see it till he took a step. And then you know what? When he reached out his hand. The Bible says that the sea parted overnight. And I love this. It says that God had them walk across on dry ground in the middle of an ocean. My church family, his ways are not our ways, but he does have a way and it's better than our ways. Come on. Can you give him a good round of applause this morning? And you may not be able to see a way, but God is a way maker. He's a way maker. He'll make a way. Unfortunately for some people, though, I don't know if you ever talked to these people. They actually think their ways are higher than God's. They think that their thoughts are higher than God's thoughts. And when we live with this idea that our thoughts are higher than him, basically you're saying you know more than God. And doesn't that sound stupid? That doesn't sound too smart. You know what? I would, and they don't come out and say it. Oh, I know more than God. But here's what they do. They don't hear his word. They don't read his word. And they live a life according to what they think. And we become, and I, I don't know about you, but I've been there before I gave my life to Christ. Man, I was God in my own head. Everything I thought and I'm going to do, and I came to a conclusion that I was wrong and that God had a better way, had a better thinking. But listen, can we agree today that God thinks different than we do? Can we agree on that today? How many of you know that God is not concerned about going back to work on Tuesday? God's not thinking about it. Some of us are wasting our, our holidays thinking, I got to go back to work on Tuesday. Hey, it's Sunday. Relax. We used to say in the 80s, take a chill pill and suck on it forever. <laughs> Relax. It's good. Listen, God's not, do you think God's up in heaven going, man, I'm concerned about this economy? He's not concerned about the economy. He's not concerned. You know what God is thinking about? The Bible says that God, in Jeremiah 1 verse 20, verse 12 says, God is watching over his word to perform it. He's watching over his word to perform it. And it says, then the Lord said to me, you shall see, for I am watching over my word to perform it. And so we have to understand, my church family, listen, God wants us to grow. God wants us to go from faith to faith. Are you here this morning? Are you still awake? And so this morning, I believe in 2017 for your life and our life corporately as a family, God wants you to go higher.
in your marriage, in your relationship, in your work, in your witnessing, in your serving, every area of, every area of your life. How would you say I received that today? I want my life, I want God to do something unusual in me. So this morning, let's talk about having a life you love. Let's start this new series because I believe that we're going to see that God wants you to have a life you love. Come on, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. This is going to be where we're going to camp for the next four weeks. And uh, you say, Pastor Phil, where did you get this title, Having a Life You Love? You're going to see it right now, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. It says this, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful. I'm going to explain that to you because some of you are like, well, I feel like I'm pitiful. It may not be the pitiful you're thinking about. Be courteous, verse, I got to preface that. Verse nine, not rendering evil for evil, not or railing for railing, but counterwise, listen to this, blessing, knowing that you hereunto or thereunto, you should inherit a what? Blessing. You should inherit what? A blessing, a blessing. Verse 10, listen to this. Here it is, my church family. For he that will love life and see good days. I want you to say, that's me. I'm going to read it again. And I want you to say, that's me. And let me give you a little hint. Every time we read it, this, the following Sundays that come, I want you to say, that's me. Now, if it's kind of you, just go, that's me. But if it's really you say, that's me. And if you're really macho, say, it is me. All right, there we go. Here we go. Ready? I'm going to read it again. Are you ready? Verse 10. For he that will life, love life and see good days. That's me. Thank you, Vicki. I knew it was you. No, I'm kidding. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Let his lips, that they may speak no guile, let him eschew evil. I'm going to explain all this to you in the weeks to come. And do good and let him seek peace and ensue it. Now, let me give you a little bit of context today as we lay a little foundation. It's easy to read these scriptures and go, you know, Pastor Phil, I think Peter sounds good. I like the whole little having the life you love and the love in red, that's just really awesome. But Peter's probably addressing people who have all their ducks in a row. He's probably addressing people who are doing well. well let me give you a little context before you disqualify yourself from this scripture. Peter is writing to Christians who at this time are being persecuted. They're living in a hostile environment they're being persecuted for their faith. And so what he does, and this is brilliant, he begins to speak to these people. And the Bible says they're experiencing evil. Because that's why Peter's telling them, look, don't give evil for evil. They're experiencing evil. And yet in the middle of their tribulation, in the middle of their pain, he says, look, it is God's will that you can still, in the midst of everything that's going on around you, you can love life and you can see good days. You can love life and you can see good days. And what Peter's going to do is he's going to outline six principles. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to dissect these six principles starting next week. But today, we're just going to start 
with the foundation. Because really what Peter is doing is he's going to, this really is all about how you respond to what's going on in the world. How do you respond to people who are persecuting you? And what I wanted to do today is start with, why do we respond the way we respond? And my question to you today is not what's happening around you. My question for you today is not where are you at since the election? My question, listen, is not what's happening around you. My question today is what is happening in you? Because there is a reason why we respond the way we respond. And one of the ways that we, res or the main way that we respond to what's going on around us is because of what's going on within us. And today, what I wanted to do is ask a very simple question. What's happening in you today? Because in reality, our response to the world around us comes from the world within us or comes from what's inside of us. Peter says, for he that will love life and see good days. What do you see in 2017? Can you see yourself skinny? If you're single, can you see yourself married? Can you see yourself walking down the aisle with Prince? Can you see? Now I just see myself by myself. Well, we're going to address that. Because when you see that, you're not looking through the eyes of faith. You know, the Bible says that now, faith is in the now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, expectation. Faith is a confident expectation. I hear people say, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. Well, because you keep saying it. Can you see yourself, listen, healthy? Can you see yourself without sickness? Can you see Bobby Lawson, our worship leader, without facial hair? No. Come on, we got to make it real today. But I want to ask you a question. What do you see? Pastor Phil, I see more of the same. If you see more of the same in 2017, you're going to have more of the same. You know why? Because you don't have a vision. And the Bible says that without a vision, people perish. You know, can you see yourself and your marriage getting better? Can you see yourself overcoming? Can you see yourself prospering? Can you see yourself being generous? Can I ask you a question? What do you see? Now, if you say, Pastor Phil, I, I, I have a little trouble with what you're saying because I don't see that. Well, you know what? That means that your vision is being hindered. See, I want to look into the future through God's lenses and through the eyes of faith. But let's talk about some of the things that hinder our vision. Because you know what I've come to understand? The problem with our vision is not that we don't have it. The problem with our vision is we are looking at the wrong thing. 
If you're not looking at Jesus, and we sang it today, the God who does impossible, if you're not looking at that, you're looking at the wrong thing. Well, it would be a miracle. Well, God does miracles. I hear people, well, it would be a miracle. Well, you've come to the right place because we serve a God who does miracles. But what's really hindering our vision? Let me give you four thoughts. Here's one. We become, I call them problem perceivers. As a matter of fact, we even see problems in the solution. We see problems in the solution. Write this down if you're taking notes. See, usually obstacles are the things that you see when you take your eyes off the goal. People who have no vision for the future are always looking at the problems. See, with vision, you look past the problem to the solution. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, there were giants. And you know what? Ten out of the 12 spies saw giants. Joshua and Caleb saw paradise. What do you see? Problem perceivers. And you know what? The reason why you see problems is a reflection of what's going on inside of you. Listen, and most of us that see problems is because inside of us, we're problematic. Is this too deep on the first day of 2017? See, you see what's going on from the inside. Here's another one, and it hinders our vision. The fear and failure. The fear and failure. You know, some of us have had failures. Some of us have had failures. The other ones that have never had a failure, it's because they never tried anything. And I'm going to try. You know, let me just tell you, when we move, for maybe some of you that are, are new to our church, January 20th, it'll be four years that we, that we planted this church. We didn't know anybody in Marietta. I couldn't find one friend. I mean, it was just, it was bad, bad, bad. And so we just, we were like, Lord, you called us here. We don't know anybody. And so we just started to meet people. And you know what's interesting? But I remember before we moved, I was at a great church. I was in youth ministry for 20 years of my life, 11 years in the last place that I was at. And I remember just lying in bed and looking at my wife. And we were just talking. We were talking about the future and what God had called us to. And we were talking about making the move to Marietta, leaving behind the comfort and taking a risk. And I remember just telling my wife, I would rather try and fail than never try. Because 10 years from now, if we're still here looking back with this question, what would have happened if we would have risked it? What would have happened if we would have gone after it? We will never know unless we try. And we sold our house and we moved to Marietta, California. And you know what? God has been good. You're here. I'm here. And we praise his name. But all as I'm trying, yeah, you can give him a great round of applause. You're never going to know until you try. But you know what? We've all had failures. We've all had fears. And you know what is sad, I think, is that some people, even though we're in 2017, they're actually still living in a previous year because they've never moved forward. 
You know, there's some of us in this room, we could be living in 2009. You know why? Because that's when the bankruptcy happened. That's when the breakup happened. And yet one day we can allow to define our vision. Something that happened one day in our life can cause us to stay stagnant and not move forward. But can I just tell you some good news today? Today is a new day. Today his mercies are new for you. Today, don't let failure stop you from moving forward. Don't be focused on just one day. Make a decision. I'm going to see good days. I've had one bad day, but I'm going to see good days ahead. I can still love life and see good days. But you know, there's a fear and fear can stop your vision. You know, a lot of times when we talk like this and Hey, what do you see? What are you thinking about? People call that, well, oh, Pastor Phil, you got to be careful. That's like new age stuff. That's, you know, all that new age stuff, you know where they got vision? And they got it from the Bible. You ask Job, listen to what Job said. Job said, and everything that happened to him, this is what he said, my greatest fear has come upon me. My greatest fear has come upon me. See, you can think that for this year and attract through fear negativity, or you can think through faith and attract what God has for you. But guess what? It's your choice. But don't let fear or failure hurt stop you. That's really what's happening on the inside of us. We see failure and fear. Maybe it's just because we've been hurt. Things didn't work out, you know, and, uh, we just, it didn't happen the way we thought. Here's another one. Are you glad you came to church today? Yes. Here's another one that stops and hinders our vision. I call these people the census takers. Before they move forward, they want to know what everybody else is doing. Hey, are you going to believe? Do you believe in miracles? You don't? Okay. I won't. What, 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 what's going on? And so what happens is the majority of people, they look around, and if the majority of people aren't doing it, they never step out. And you know what's happening on the inside of them? They're people pleasers. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, it says, the fear of people becomes a snare, but whosoever trusts in the Lord, one translation says, will be safe. But you know what another translation says? They will be set on high. They will go higher. It's tough sometimes. I know you go to work and people don't go to church and you go to church and you're excited and they're not excited, but you're gonna have to make a decision. Listen, it's about me and I'm gonna make a, a decision to follow God no matter what anybody else does. Why, Pastor Phil? Because you know what's at stake? Having a life you love and seeing good days. And listen, I have decided as a pastor, I'm not gonna argue with people who wanna live a crummy life because they're out there. They're out there. And guess what? Misery loves company. And you know what? All of us could have a life we love and see good days. But are you going to give in to the crummies? Are you going to give in to people who are just like, oh, God, life sucks. <laughs> Invite him to church. Come on, somebody. But we decide we're not going to be the census takers and allow that to hinder our vision. Here's another one. Now, I prayed over this one. This one's going to touch some of you. 
because it, it, it may hurt a little bit, but that's okay. No pain, no gain. Here's what can stop our vision. It is the tradition lovers. Oh, Pastor Phil, it's always been this way. This is how we do it. This is how we've done it. This is how we will continue to do it. The challenge is nobody does it like that anymore. But you're stuck. You're stuck. And so what happens is we can live and our vision can be, I just want to be comfortable. I just want to be, live this predictable life with security. But here's the, here's the problem. On the hills of comfort becomes complacency, predictability, and boredom. And out of that security comes lack of vision. You know what's sad to me is Christians who are bored with God because we don't serve a boring God. Well, I'm just kind of stuck in my faith. Well, do something risky. Give something risky. Do something risky. Have some faith. Come on, somebody. But you know what happens on the inside? We just get stuck. We get stuck. And Isaiah 53 verse 18 says this. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing in 2017 right here in Marietta. Or for some of you that say Marietta, I will do a new thing. It will spring forth. Shall you not know it? And I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So God can put a river in the desert. And who do we, and we just get, oh, that's just a desert, nothing. No, God could put a river right in the middle of it. Come on, get unstuck this morning. And so Peter, again, is talking about our response. And I want to close today with this. How do we respond to a world? How can we respond better? Now, Peter's going to show us this in the six principles. I mean, they're really how-to's. But today, what I wanted to do was something a little bit deeper. How can we respond better? Here's number one. Let me give you three. Focus on what is happening in you first. See, if we begin focusing on what's going on inside of us first, it will change how we respond to what's going on around us. If we're going to have a life we love and see good days, my church family, it starts with your heart. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart. Listen to this. For everything, 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 everything you do flows from your heart. The reason why you respond the way you do is because there's stuff in your heart. And I know that as we plan our exercise routines, our CrossFit and doing our burpees. We have the plan for our meal. A lot of times we don't plan about what's going on in the inside and how to get rid of the stuff that's holding us down and the things that are weighing us down. There's a tendency just to focus on what's going on around us and people. I'm just sharing with you some things today that has really helped me. There's a tendency, and people do it, and I'm not against it, to focus on everything that's going on around, what's happening, my outer, physical. I love all that. God bless you. But if you neglect your heart, 
If you neglect your heart, everything flows out of it. Everything flows out of it. So there's a tendency just to focus. And here's, listen to this quote. It's not what's happening to me that matters. It's happen, what's happening in me that matters. Do you know that you control what happens in you? You cannot control what's happening around you. Never can. But you know what you can control? You can control if it gets in you. You can control what gets in your heart. And what's in you is important. And let me just encourage you today. God doesn't just give second chances. God gives new beginnings. God can take a hard heart and you know what? Make it a heart of flesh. You can give him a good round of applause for that. Today's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. What's going on inside of you today? Why is that important? Because there's a lot inside of you. And I came to encourage you. You know, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, listen, it is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. In you. What's going on in you? Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I love this scripture. And if the spirit of him who has raised Christ from the dead, living where? In you. Come on, say it. It's in me. I know you got a lot of stuff going on in you, but you have Christ in you. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead in you. And then this one I love. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works. Where? In you. In me. Come on, say it loud. In me. And you know what we do sometimes? We're focused on what's around us, what's happening over there with this person, instead of focusing on what's going on in me. In me. Christ is the hope of glory. Whether the world is dark or not, he's still the same. My church family, as the world grows darker, the power that is in you does not diminish. But see, if we allow the outside world to govern our inside world, we're going to have a lot of trouble. But if we allow our inside world and what's going on in us to govern how we live, you're going to have a life you love and you're going to see good days. So let me just encourage you, focus on what's happening in you. Have you really looked on what's going on inside of you? Because that's really why you're responding the way you are. We're going to go into more of that next week. Here's the second thing. How do we respond better? Focus on what you can control, not what you can't. I can't control if it rains tomorrow, but you know what? I can buy an umbrella. I can't control the evil and the darkness in the world, but I can choose to be a light in that world. I can't control how much I receive but I can't control how much I give. This is what we do. I need, what are you doing with you can, what you can control instead of what you can't? How do you respond really actually determines the outcome. And many times it's how we respond that is more important than what happens. Can I just, let's just be, speak some truth. There are things in 2017 that are constant. Bills. Pastor Phil, I'm going to win the lottery. 
you're going to have a tax bill. Bills. Right? Can I tell you some other things that are constant in 2017? Problems. Problems. Another, mean people. There will be mean people in 2017. Can I tell you something else that's going to be constant in 2017? Distractions. There will be distractions. You will have the opportunity in 2017 to be distracted. Let me tell you another constant in 2017, disappointments. People, you cannot control people. I hope you don't want to control people. Let's just say that. But you know what? People do just things and make decisions, and we get disappointed. Am I the only one? And you know what? That's going to happen in 2017. Can I tell you something else that's constant in 2017? Sickness. Sickness is constant. You know what? Another thing that is constant in 2017? Time and how you manage your time. Can I tell you one more thing that's constant in 2017? Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones. He's the only celebrity that's still alive. Everybody else is dying, but he's still alive. And you go, man, he looks good for 60. He's not 60. He's 245 years old. And he's still alive. After four blood transfusions and Keith Richards, he's going to be constant in 2017. But can I tell you else what is constant in 2017? Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what else is constant? God's word. It never returns void. Can I tell you what else is constant? The Bible says these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. Yeah, there's going to be fear in 2017. But what are you and how are you going to respond? In fear or in faith? You know, can I tell you what else is constant in 2017? Forgiveness. Is constant. Can I tell you? Yes, sickness is constant, but so is healing in 2017. Yes, sin is constant in 2017, but so is salvation. You know what else is constant in 2017? Mercy. My Bible says that God's mercy is new every single morning. Today, come on, receive the new mercies of God. It's constant. And Keith Richards. You know what I can control? I can control what I focus on. You know what I can do? I can believe. You know what I can do? I can believe I'm going to see good days. You know what I can do? I can pray. You know what I can do? I can read. You know what I can do? I can come to church. You know what I can do? I can forgive. You know what I can do? I can reach out to somebody for help. You know what I can do? I can smile. Come on, try it. Come on, try it. Come on, come on, try it. I can't smile. You know what I can do? I can be nice. Come on, you can be nice. You know what? All of these are choices that you can do. And you know what we do? We sit back and we freak out because there's so much out of our control. Can I just encourage you today? Choose to focus on what you can control, what you can change, and leave the rest for God. Leave him to change what you can't change. Whatever is without or within your control, you do it. But listen, if it's not, give it to God. Psalms 48 verse 10 says, let go of your concerns, then you will know that I am God. I rule the nations, I rule the earth, and you know what? I rule the USA. I don't care who you voted for. He still rules the USA.
Here's the last one for today. So we said, focus on what's happening in you first. It's gonna help your response. Focus on what you can control, not what you can't. And here's the last one. Focus on what matters most. You know, the greatest priority as a believer this year should be your relationship with God. I'm just telling you. I'm just, what you're gonna find out in life is that, listen, this has helped me so much. It's a very sobering thought. And I gotta tell you, Passion Life, when we started a church, we never wanted to start a church that we wouldn't challenge people. It's easy to go to church nowadays, sit and leave and never be challenged. And if you never challenge, you'll never grow because you cannot change what you won't confront. And today I'm just trying to help you be what God has called you to be. But listen to this, what we're gonna find out, what you're gonna find out in life, it was never really about the circumstances. Listen, it was never really about the situation. It was always about you and God. You and God. Why do you say that, Pastor? Situations will come. Circumstances will come. All of these things are constant, but it's gonna be about how you believe, how you respond, and how you know your God. And how, listen, well, Pastor Phil, you talk about loving others. I, I believe it, but you know what? Even how you respond to others in situations is really a reflection of your relationship with God. I'm gonna say that again so you can tweet it. How you respond to others in situations really is a reflection of your relationship with God. And some people are stuck in life because they're stuck in their relationship with God. They can't move forward. And Peter will end in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. I'm going to focus on 13 as I close. He says this, And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of what is good? In other words, he says, if this is okay, you don't have to worry about anybody harming you. Oh, sure, they'll be hurt. Sure, they'll be mean people. But you know what? When this is okay, this is okay. Everything else you don't have to worry about. He will take care. And you know what? The biggest challenge for me and you is keeping the main thing the main thing. Why is it so hard to come to church on a Sunday for people? Well, I get busy. You need to keep the main thing the main thing. Because in the end, it's the only thing that will matter is your relationship with God. And every Sunday, we're here to help you with that. And see, your relationship with God will determine on how you respond to everything else. And I want to close today with this poem. I don't usually put a poem in my sermons because I think they're kind of cheesy. But I really love Mother Teresa. When I read this, it just hit me because this is the stance of my life. This is what I have believed. I have a life I love, and I'm going to see good days. And she writes in this poem, listen to this. She says, Mother Teresa, people are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of being selfish, Having an ulterior motive, be kind anyway. 
If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies succeed anyway. If you're honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. Listen, listen. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have. And you know what? It's never going to be enough, but give your best anyway. Listen to these words. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. It's very powerful, my church family. And today I'm going to ask if you would just stand with me as we close. It was never about them. It was never about the circumstance. It was always about you and God. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 